Chapter Seventeen of Born Again by Alfred Lawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabby Cowan. What a wonderful world this is! What a writer of fiction could draw upon his imagination for anything to compare with this extraordinary freak of nature? Soliloquized I arising and taking a seat opposite arletta and staring at her in amazement there is no such thing as a freak of nature corrected arletta the utmost reason prevails for all of her acts but the simplest of nature's laws appears complex and incomprehensible to the ape-man who merely uses his brain as an organ for self-gratification instead of an instrument to grasp natural laws for which purpose it is intended and therefore while your famous ape-men stunt the growth of the brain by misusing it for the base purpose of accumulating individual wealth our great men utilize their brains to receive understand and operate the wise laws established by nature for the equal benefit and betterment of all mankind and therein lies the chief difference between the piece of human machinery your soul now occupies and that which it once directed over four thousand years ago behold said she dramatically pointing at the director of the band that you were and then casting her eyes upon me that you are does your mind lack the strength to fully appreciate the magnificent lesson nature has forced upon you and which no doubt stands unparalleled in the history of your species oh if each little ape-man could only be made to understand that the present body is but one little instalment of the innumerable lives his soul has to preside over and that the rich and powerful to-day may be the weak and lowly to-morrow he would begin at once to treat all living things with equal kindness and sympathy if he could only realize that the dog he kicks the horse he mistreats or the poor mental or physical weakling he takes advantage of might possibly be impelled by the same soul that moved the form of his deceased father mother or offspring his selfishness and cruelty would vanish forever if he could only comprehend that the soul suffers as well as the flesh it stimulates and that it must naturally continue to do so more or less until every particle of living matter has been cleansed and remoulded into the highest type of earthly being he would strive to reach perfection himself and urge others to do likewise for all terrestrial life must go up and down together a moment of selfish pleasure now means an age of suffering and torment in the future such are the immutable laws of nature and these laws must be obeyed before mankind can climb the ladder of greatness it sometimes appears as if natural law works very slowly before reaching a given point but there is always a reason for every one of its movements 
while apparently incomprehensible still it was in accordance with an eternal law that you were sent back here again after an interim of over four thousand years my soul which had been held captive during all that time might have remained here for millions of years had you not come back to release it from its peculiar bondage but you did return and nature thereby demonstrated that it never forgets anything from the workings of the great living things of which the suns moons and planets are but mere organs down to the minutest microbe of the microbe so you can readily perceive that at least two of the bodies which your soul has inhabited were chosen to perform great services for the human race first by a natural course of instruction you proved to the sage men over four thousand years ago that the soul was indestructible and now through a mysterious operation of nature you are brought back here in an inferior organism and have had a positive manifestation of the identical principle thus established in order that you might resurrect and make known to all mankind the unalterable truth natural law do you not feel highly honored to be called upon twice for such grand missions but i cannot understand said i why nature after having allowed the sagemen to reach such a state of physical mental and moral superiority should destroy them just when they had reached the threshold of success nature did not destroy the sagemen replied arletta they extinguished themselves in making an effort to accomplish something beyond their powers they tried to operate a law with which they had not become sufficiently familiar to ensure success if one of your little ape-men experiments with steam or dynamite and is blown to atoms that is his own fault not nature's for a thousand years the sagemen had made remarkable progress along scientific lines they had mastered themselves and had learned to think both individually and collectively and also to properly distribute and enjoy the products of their combined efforts they had acquired a thorough knowledge of the particles of which the earth is composed and had secured control of the atmosphere that surrounds it they had harnessed the chemical properties of the sun after reaching the earth and had gained possession of many other valuable utilities by following the course of natural law but when they undertook to regulate the earth's path in space they simply overstepped the confines of their abilities and failed that was one of nature's laws they were not thoroughly acquainted with however as it requires many drawbacks to achieve extraordinary success in all things humanity should not be discouraged over this failure but gradually work its way up again until it has not only reached but surpassed the high standard of excellence attained by the sage men in the great stretch called time the length of one little human existence is but a mere fraction of a moment therefore one should devote his best efforts during that brief period 
to making better the conditions of the place in which he has to spend many lives for according to what he has done in one life so must he contend with the next if while processing physical and mental strength in one body he assists in upholding a corrupt social system which takes from the weak and gives to the strong he must expect these same conditions to exist when he returns as a weakling for as long as hogs are bred and slaughtered so must he take his chances of being one of them how much better to help mankind seek a higher plane of intelligence in which equality would be a reality thus firmly cementing the tie of sympathy and love between all living things in this case he would have no fear concerning his chances upon the next visit no matter in what form he might appear and how much better to carry on the work of decreasing the birth of the lower animals and increasing the numbers and quality of the higher species until there was nothing left on earth but the very best type of human beings for all souls to inhabit natural law is very easily understood if the mind is properly directed toward it great thoughts are easily conveyed from one to another after the strong intellects have conceived them nature itself is simply the principle of the utilization of creative life this principle plainly shows an evolutionary tendency of all living particles toward a final state of complete intelligence this intelligence is absorbed by the mind the mind itself is expanded in proportion to the quantity it takes in and is capable of directing it for either good or evil purposes the difference between good and evil is merely that between unselfishness and selfishness owing to its immature growth the mind has a tendency to use the intelligence it acquires for selfish ends and here is where the soul or conscience has its work to perform in trying to direct it into good channels intelligence means the ability to think or understand the thoughts conceived by others the most intelligent mind will listen to the soul and use the thought as an unselfish medium with which to aid others the poor developed brain stifles the pleadings of the conscience and utilizes it as a selfish weapon to secure the power to take from others the battle of existence is constantly carried on between selfishness which is bred from the very lowest form of intelligence and unselfishness which represents the very highest state of mentality a well-balanced mind wants all men to enjoy equal rights and opportunities in common with one another affording each a chance to rise as high as his capabilities will permit for the more intelligent beings there are in existence the better for all concerned if you want to eradicate disease you must stamp out the conditions that breed it before you can reach the highest form of intelligence you must exterminate the causes which create selfishness and he who labors to improve others unconsciously produces better conditions for himself end of chapter seventeen recording by gabby cowan in kingston ontario canada